Hello there, and welcome to the latest episode of the Sift Taker Snapshots podcast. I'll be host this evening, Ben Hibbert, and uh, joining me as usual is Liam. Hello. I thought I'd throw Rich off there by throwing you in first. <laughs> and Rich as well. Threw me off as well. Totally I, <laughs> <full of cooking. laughs> totally I just took a, I just took a mouthful of food thinking. I know that's <laughs> why I did it. I thought I bet he's trying to plan his eating around who I introduced. I'm gonna throw I him was. off it. <laughs> I was. I was like, I best not eat anything because he's gonna do me next. Wait, what, Liam? <laughs> uh, hello, hello, mate. How's it going? I'm good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad, thank and you. No one cares how Liam is. And also joining us is uh, Mr. Cromwell. Hello. Back from Adapticon. Adapticon, Adepticon, isn't it? Sorry. Adepticon. Yeah. Jet lag and all. Jet lag and all. At least you made it this time. What, were, you in, what? were you in work this morning, Dale? Yeah, so I, I worked. So we went, <laughs> I worked and then went straight to the airport and then I landed and drove straight to the work. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that is disgusting. <laughs> you, there is something deeply wrong with your brain. Oh, you know, self employment has its pros and cons. <laughs> all those, all these trips you get to take to foreign countries to play X Wing means that it's got more pros than cons at the minute. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, just a bit. Also, it's, it's funny just because he went with Carmack, who is also famous for dropping out of things. <laughs> oh no, but he's he has to go and save a horse's life or something. That's why he drops out of them. Yeah, Dale goes and saves someone's shower curtain. No, it's totally the same. It's totally the same. <laughs> it's just as important. No one wants to see me when they're coming in the bathroom. <laughs> People call up Dale. Oh, my spatula's broken. But I'll be there in 10. <laughs> wow. Anyway, let's get straight into the uh, the old X-Wing then. Because it's, you know, it's nice to have a nice big event. that we've. Uh, it's been a while since we've had one, isn't it? So do you want to just no. start? Shut up, you. No one cares Literally what you think. Taker opened a couple months ago. Yeah, but it wasn't 2.5, was it? No, it's a good point. I mean, don't get me wrong. Reset. I had Reset a great time. What's that, sorry, Dale? Reset the clock. <laughs> so let's just start off with what did you take, mate? What did I take? Yeah. Um, I took Hera and Wedge and Dutch and Blount, and Hobby. So I tried to take literally A, B, X, Y, Z. <laughs> uh, so one of each. Um, Jason painted them all up for me, so I had to kind of take one of each because otherwise they wouldn't be painted. So it, that, that was a massive thing in my list building. Um, but also I um, took went away from my usual Imperial stuff because um, I, th- I thought, I think rightly, that Rebels were one of the main uh, contenders in this brave new world that we're in. Um, I personally, as you all know, love a good joust. So I took Heron Wedge with Proton Torps um, to help delete stuff because while scenarios are important, killing stuff, I think, is still... And, and after playing a proper two two tournaments worth at the, week, uh, at the weekend, killing stuff is still important. Um, then uh, took Dutch for the action economy. Uh, with all the locks, and then in Rebels, the two two pointers are Blount in the Z95, and then Hobby in the A-Wing, which are great for grabbing objectives and contributing bodies. I'm just looking at your list now, it's a bit naughty, isn't it? Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's, uh, there's a lot of points you can spend on it. Wedge ended up with Proton Torps Chopper, which was amazing, because it gave me free Proton Torpedoes. 
uh, and afterburners, which was great for getting a turn one proton torp off. What does Chopper do? I can't remember. Uh, so Chopper lets you either spend a non-recurring charge to get a shield back or spend shields to get a non-recurring charge back. Oh, you really are just trying to get your money's worth out of Wedge there, aren't you? So literally Wedge shoots a proton torpedo turn one. He then shoots a proton torpedo turn two, both double modded because of Hera. And then turn three, um, he let, has his own action. He choppers. Dutch gives him the target lock. Hera gives him the focus. So he has three double modded proton torps in the first three turns. Of the game, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, you miss out on some other bits, but yeah, it's pretty good fun. So you um, you went, was it four and two, day one? Yes, four and yeah, so the actual main event, I lost the first game um, and then was winning in the entire way. And then the very last game uh, lost. And uh, so and it, it wasn't it wasn't top 32 because I ended up coming 30th, but it was 5-1, like the old system open rules. So I didn't make up. So. Still uh, nothing to be ashamed of, is it, going top oh, 30? Oh, no, I was well chuffed. I was well chuffed. Yep, super and happy with you. I think, did, did you is say that... what, third or something the next day, was it? Second or uh, third? So I came second. Went 4-0, and but yeah. the way that they do it now is just on mission points. So um, it's like how many you, you actually score. So we had the same strength for schedule, and then I had like, I don't know, 95 mission points, and he had 97. Um, <laughs> but we, if I'd scored two more points, though, we would have properly tied on all tiebreakers, so we weren't even sure what would have happened. So I'm glad that happened. <laughs> So you tied on strength for schedule. I thought we yeah. weren't supposed to tie on that. Someone told me it's really not very likely. It's not very likely. <laughs> apart from if you look down the list, there's tons of people with the same strength for schedule. So, yeah. Which, That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I've not we looked at strength for road. schedule much. We might have had for road for it. Who knows? So. <laughs> you got a nice template tray out of it anyway. Yeah. Bloody, won the, bloody blooming. Beep. Um Won the um, yeah the old uh, Inferno trays go with the templates. So I was well chuffed for that. So, <laughs> it doesn't beat you, was it? Is it Dave Cromwell? It says on you. Oh my yes. So my um, <laughs> you can't my, lose uh, that one. That's my favourite. Cogger two um, made me a toothless Dale Cromwell one. This is God years ago now. <laughs> and, then, and then without me knowing, Cormac changed it to Dave, um, and he swapped, <laughs> he swapped it. He swapped it, and it took me no no blagging. It took me three months to realise. <laughs> that's my favourite part of it that you yeah, just didn't realise. And then and then it was and that was you say about having to shoot off. He he was gutted because when I realised was about an hour after he had to shoot back to work on that whatever system. <laughs> <laughs> so he holds on. I, there's no way I could keep quiet for that long with a with a thing like that. But yeah, that was quite funny. So it's now my main one, but that is good to have that one with all the templates. So, yeah, yeah, it does look nice. What were you yeah. trying to say before, Liam? I was going to say uh, about the cut. So what was it, a top 19? Ish, yeah. yeah. So, so is that a graduated cut? Where yeah, you so they're really, records, really not just... graduated cut. So they, they basically did a play-in. So top, technically they had a top 32, but only three or four games got played. And then they feed in to give you a top 16. Right, okay. Because I heard a top 19, I was like, I don't understand how that works. So but basically, no, no, basically oh, sorry. if, if sorry. you get 5 and 1, you're through. And right, okay. Because there's not a nice even number of like 16 or 32 5 and 1s, what they do is they 
say, right, we've got a top 19. That means to get down to a top 16, we need to play three games. And that'll knock six people. Or that'll Of the six people that have to play, three of them will get knocked out. And then 13 people get buys, and then you have a top 16. And then you just play a top 16 down. So basically, the, the first round of a graduated cut starts stupidly early. I think it was 8 a.m. or something for Adepticon. Well, they yeah, the same, yeah. yeah they, they did the same in the system open um, in Birmingham. Um, oh, where basically yeah, 20, they, they were like, yeah, yeah, because yeah, it was five and one got through, but because it was a 600 player event, there was, you know, 90 people or something. So it was like, right, well, so we so we need to play the top 128. But oh, you mean the one at Milton Keynes? Yeah, the enormous no, one was over 600 people. Yeah, oh, no, oh, whichever, quitting that one either. But it was yeah, like they had a huge, huge cut because of it. But yeah, it I remember actually, I had to be there dead early. Yeah, and then you had to play that really super early game, which was basically another play-in round to the cut. Um, and then you go into the cut proper. But it was super tight, I think, because I have a feeling it was top 64, but they had cut prizing for top 32. So people who'd gone 5-1 and one on day one and then lost their, their first round of cut game didn't get any cut prizing. So it was like, yeah. oh, right. But if, if you actually if you got knocked out in the first round of cut, you actually got less prizes than the people who didn't because they got a... A card at the start of the last chance qualifier thing. Yeah, that's right. And if you subbed in in round two, you didn't get that card. Yeah, it was quite funny. Yeah. Weird. Anyway, I finished eating now, so I can start talking. Did hey. you have something nice? I, I did care. actually. <laughs> I'll ask you about it off the podcast. It was done in a really nasty kitchen, but sadly, Dale didn't give me a free one on his giveaway because I live too far <laughs> away from him. Even though he promised me he was going to rig the draw so that I would win it. He should, he should give us all one after he stole our logo. I know, that's true. That, that was the deal. That was the deal. I said, I don't get the IP lawyers involved if you give me a free kitchen. And he said, yeah, no, no worries. And then he gave it to some woman called Karen or whatever from Basingstoke who lives near him. It's like, oh, unacceptable. <laughs> so for, for, for the in-joke that basically the five of us are in on and very few people are, Dale started a new business called Varco Kitchens. Uh, and they're based down south somewhere. Um, and completely accidentally, randomly, he's selected the same colours, the same layout, and the same font as the Sistakers logo. <laughs> <laughs> just, just one of those weird happenstances of chance. He's so, just so desperate to join us. Yeah, his company logo looks like a doll cover. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, X-wing. Now, before we go anyway, it is it is it is business. We shouldn't take the bit out of it too much. <laughs> well, he does do lovely kitchens as well. Most, so of, most every every business logo I've done though has been some kind of inspiration by something. So, like my crafted, which has been my business since I was eighteen, uh, that was that was a take on the Uncharted logo. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Then, see it now. You've uh, said it. Yeah, and then the Varco one is a mix of the Inferno Squadron to give it a Star Wars nod, and then turn just enough to make it look like the on button for a kitchen appliance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking credit for it, it's fine. No worries. I thought it was a lightsaber. <laughs> anyway, I'd just like to touch on um, the atmosphere because it's the first sort of big 2.5 event. I wondered how it yeah. felt. It, it Buzzing is the honest answer to that. It was, we got there on, so we got there late Wednesday, like time difference wise. So we went and got registered. Like give, me and Cormac, did, there was no one there. So we just played a, a, a game. Massively, uh, massively jet lagged, and uh, gave it a go. And then from Thursday and Friday, 
it was just everyone slowly starting to turn up as however they got there in the week. And um, yeah, it was buzzing. Adepticon, I've never been to Adepticon before, but basically it's like a, a games expo. Lots of lots of stuff, 40k, the Golden Demon painting competition or something like that. There's, there's oh, yeah, lots, yeah. lots of stuff there and then lots of traders and lots of new games being done. So the, the vibe of it was super cool. Um, and then um, in, our, in our bit of it, so like X-Wing had, I don't know, I'm going to very generalise, say a quarter of the space was for Star Wars games, maybe half the space. So, oh, cool. like, so I'd probably say that half the space was Star Wars games, but a quarter of it was Armada and X-Wing and then Legion because the tables are huge to yeah. cut the so quite a lot of space to those those kind of games and then at the front there was stages set up so like gold squadron had like a whole area for the stream and stuff and then they like dion had gone to like all the effort because he got those like the things you have at exhibitions where you make it out of pop-up but it looks like a wall that sort of stuff um it looked amazing yeah it did look really it looked really professional to be fair Really, and then the Legion guys had like a massive Sabine poster, and that was hiding the table so they could play their game like without people crowding. And then at the end um, was the uh, the Armada guys, but they had a bit of a smaller. They didn't really have the same setup for people watching. I guess it was just more tables. But yeah, it was it was all like a zone for us a lot, which was pretty cool. I'm happy as well that Armada's still going as well because although yeah. I don't play it, the ships look so cool. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It, it's a it's a big 40k tournament, isn't it, Adepticon? Because it's like the Adepticus Titanicus or whatever they're called. That's, that's where it originally came from, for sure. And that, that was the other hall. Like there, there was like three halls, and the Star Wars hall was the one we were in. The middle hall was like the you know the the, the traders, uh, and then the the last far hall was all the 40k stuff. Uh, and smelly, then, all the smelly people, the the pent we're, we're, we're all smelly at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> Um, but, uh, not always though no not always that's true <laughs> um, and uh, and then there was other rooms like all over the place of like paint workshops like people could go and do lessons on how to paint better and all sorts of stuff so it was it was pretty ramo of, of everything so that but the I think there was a, a massive thing of uh, relief from everyone that it's, it has been so long since anyone's had that kind of big event to go to Um mm. And uh, yeah, it was good to see everyone. Like some of it's been like three, four years since we've seen these people, so it was good to see everybody. Um, and it, it was overwhelmingly positive. Like I didn't get, I well, apart from the the back and forth chatting, which I'm sure we'll get into in a bit about the two point five stuff. It's um, it was an overwhelmingly positive vibe of of everyone, you know, getting back together after all this time. My my impression from um listening to conversation on the internet kind of today and um like kind of over yesterday was that honestly you could have put those 200 x-wing players into the room with no organization and no price structure and everybody would have still had a great time because it was an opportunity to just play x-wing with people and it didn't matter if it was version one or version two and a half or version two people just wanted to go to an event and enjoy themselves a hundred percent and i think uh, i think that is not just a because of the gap it's been i think that is true of all of it like is it is we're all i I consider to be very lucky to have fallen into this kind of hobby lifestyle and me and cormac especially have gone it has taken us all around the world 
and um, the bit that uh, it's it, the X-wing obviously is the reason we do it, and indeed the reason we met in the first place. But the it's it's the bits that aren't X-wing that will keep it going. And my my only real thing in my head is if that's if that's enough to keep it going until it stabilizes itself again. Is the is the is the thing that is in my head. Yeah, that's a fair shout. I mean, I, I honestly think that we'll be fine. We had once they sort of roll out what this tournament structure is, we'll we'll all be interested because we we need that plastic crack. Yep. I mean, I know I I'll still want to play as much. I mean, if you're playing for years, I've. I've... When we were running the Sith Taker Open, we we're thinking about prizing, and I, I was like, I don't want to just do template trays for a top four. I want it to be something different. I want it to be something unique and interesting. And everybody who gets top four in a tournament has, you know, seven or eight plastic trays or sets of templates or whatever already. Um, so you know, you're giving them something, a, a game component that they already own multiples of. Um, and then a few people were like, "Is there no trays? Is there no templates?" And I was like. No, no. I'm like, oh, I was really hoping to try and win one this time. And I was like, oh, it's, it's almost like, uh, you know, yeah, you know, people who win often or do well often might have seven or eight of them. But the first one that you get is really important and it holds real sentimental value. So, you know, the first time you win something like that. And then even hearing you going, and I've finally won one of those sweet, sweet Inferno Squadron sets of templates yeah. to go with the tray. And you're like, right. And you've been playing for how long? Like, uh, you know, and you've got yeah. how many sets of templates in your Yeah, mind? but I, you're still fair, excited I, to get that once, one. Once you get up the, you know, up the things of, like, getting a couple, you, I, I love my mix set now. Yeah. Like, you, like even the, as I'm playing at the weekend, everyone's like, what is that one from? And you end up just telling them the story of where they all came from, and it yeah. just takes you down a trip down memory lane. Like, I've got, like, my five straight is the Poe Dameron one from when I won... Italian nationals. Mm-hmm. The, the the silver and grey ones are when we made like top whatever it was at Euros. The all my threes are the system open ones that I won however many because I, I would try so hard to get the invite and never got far enough for the invite but got the templates like three times over. And it's oh, like the, that, the rebel so, ones. Yeah, the, yeah, the oh, ones. Oh man, I'm so good about them. I'm still bitter about them. Yeah, and just <laughs> having a mixed tray, I love it. I love it. It's nice. I mean, I've started doing it. I, I had an obsession about having everything the same for a while, and somebody pointed out mixed trace, and I've got a mixture of the Sith Taker ones that we had made, and yeah. a, a two straight from the first Harlequin Store Championship where I won some templates, and I was like, yeah, I still got that one in there. I've got the one eight six one straight because it looks nice, you know. Yeah. I've got yeah. ones from some of the online events where I've picked up, you know, a three bank and a, a five straight yeah. from the XTC, you know. Yeah. Just it's just stuff that's just. I've just got random good. mix one. It just. You pick them out and it makes you smile a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've started doing the same as well, especially since uh, I, I've got some of the Irish XTC templates. Yeah. Uh, from Connor. I also got the hot got pink the keeping it fan ones. Sift Taker open ones as well. well and we? that's kind of driven me to, yeah, the, yeah. Like, I think I'm going to end up having a mixed tray soon as well. Yeah. Even if it looks hideous. Even if it looks hideous, keep it on. <laughs> it needs to be as garish as possible. <laughs> if it's classy, it doesn't count. <laughs> Dale, is that you bringing COVID back from America for us? Is uh, it? No, no, that was actually I'm, me, actually. Or was it you? I'm more, was it I'm, more tested, yeah. I'm more tested than all of you boys. I was going <laughs> to go. I've, got, I've still got my fit to fly, so I'm definitely fit to podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know if we are. 
<laughs> my cough's still not fully cleared. I can't seem to fully clear it, but I've never tested positive, so I'm you, assuming you're probably patient zero for the new strain. Well, I'm assuming that now that like you don't get sick pay or anything from work straight away, that like, this is when I'll catch it. <laughs> Just my luck. Anyway, you keep pushing me off things. I'm so easily swayed. I was just going to say before before we go on to like talk a little bit more about the list and stuff that did well. Um, I I was a bit of a nerd yesterday and I went through with a pen and a bit of paper and a, some tally charts and looked at the numbers of ships in the lists. So there was I think 192 players. There were two players whose lists weren't submitted when I looked or so whatever. Um, but of that there were eight three ship lists, 33 four ship lists. 105 ship lists, 42 six ship lists, six seven ship lists, and no eight ship lists. So nobody went TIE fighters or vulture droids, which I think are the only ones that you can get to eight ships because um, they've got enough two, uh, two pointers to put them in there. So massive weighting. Three quarters of the lists there were either five or six ships, and half of the lists were five ships. So do you want to know how many B wings there were? I would be more interested, actually, in because it was fifty rebel lists. I'd be interested yeah. to know how many didn't have a B wing, because <laughs> I imagine there's a lot of B wings. Yeah, were sixty B wings, so I'm guessing that all of the rebel lists. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny that there's, there's ten more B wings were played than there were rebel lists. Yeah, forty one Z ninety fives. The thing is with the B wings, I really like B wings. They look really cool, and they just look strange as hell. Yeah. So, yeah. for me, this is a bonus. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, other things. So, like, the average number of ships in a list was five. It was 5.03. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was just an interesting set of numbers to, to see. You know, there, there's no real doubt that the meta has settled into five or six ships. And I think I saw a post somewhere on Fly Better or something where somebody said, you know, what's the meta? And somebody said, five ships, five objectives. Five ships. <laughs> Makes sense. Just out of um, curiosity on this, Dale, because obviously you used to fly a lot of aces. Have yep. you tried the, your standard style aces into the scenarios? Yes. I take it they didn't fare well because you well, haven't taken they, them. I, don't, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, well, I'm not as well. I mean, whenever you want to go into scenarios, let me know. But basically, three ships is not enough ships to um, have any real. A chance in anything but chance encounter. Um, it, you have to go all in on killing stuff, and I'm not sure if that is what the game is right now. Part of me does wonder if salvage mission, the one where you pick them up and tow them, if you can get a good turn zero and turn one, and you can actually pick up three objectives with your aces, if you can play keep away. But it makes it hard because you're relying on your dice just not crapping out that once, and a, a crit sneaking through, and you drop it, and suddenly it's gone. Um, but no, I, I take your point. It's like chance engagement, fine. Everything else, you know, when you've got rebel jousting lists that can just spread across the entire width of the board, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. How, how do I escape that net? <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> just roll well, it's fine. <laughs> That's <laughs> how you're supposed to do it, I'm sure. Um, so, should we just? I was thinking that maybe we just hit sort of the top, the final two, and then just let Dale talk about some of the interesting lists he actually played against. I think that's more interesting than us just reading through them all. Sure. So, 
obviously in the final we had uh, Nathan Idy and uh, Marcel Manzano, both obviously very accomplished players. So it shows that even in the new edition, the the people who used to do well, even from 1.0, are still doing well. Uh, Nathan sort of disappeared a little bit in 2.0 because I think he went to uni or something, didn't he? He didn't play online. He was still around before COVID happened. Oh, was he? Yeah. I've just not seen his name as much. Anyway, so um, let's start with the runners-up list because then it's interesting when we talk about how Nathan did so well in the first turn. So so Marcel had uh, B-Wings as well. Uh, so Gina and Netrim, you're going to see a lot of that because those two are the cheaper ones, aren't they? I think the four points are they? Oh, it says there, yeah, four points. Um. Then we've got Derek. Der- yeah, Derek. I always want to call him Dirk. I don't know why. Hobby. Hobby Clivian. Hobby. I always no, just want to call him Hobby Dirk. Don't, don't don't. That's, a, that's a fang fire. He is. It's, Dirk Alodden, yeah. It's, yeah, that's what's, I think that might be what's throwing me off because I was flying them both the other week. Well, don't uh, lie, Dan. You just Lieutenant Blount. Yeah, it's a bit of both. I have got <laughs> dyslexia. It's nice of you to make fun of it. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Magva <laughs> <laughs> um, Mag- Yaro and uh, Shara Bay in the A-Wing as well. Uh, is Mag- Magva the one where you can't, can only re-roll one dice or something? That's yeah. right. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I basically flew this combo of ships in club a couple of times, but I had a different Magva loadout and a, a different bomb loadout. So I had protons and seismics. He's got ions and seismics. Um, with his trajectory similar to B-Wings. And then I had Notorious and... Notorious! Uh, I, was, I can't remember what my list was. It was probably Dead Man Switch as a poor choice. But, um, yeah, it was oh, like... Oh, I remember now. Yeah, and it's it's just a whole lot of... If you get your engagement right and you make people fly into your tragic sims, then... And Iron Bombers obviously helps with that. Then it's a really, really punchy set of ships. Um, one thing that I did notice was that Marcel was um, being very methodical with his play. So I saw a couple of his games and heard about a couple more, and he he didn't get past kind of five turns, um, which with seven ships mean or with six ships on both sides of the table is kind of I think getting average. It's a question I had for Dale really was because you flew five. five ships. Did, five did you find five point two turns was the average for the entire eight, ten games that I played. Five point two, and you're not a you're not a, a slow dial person, are you? You're a uh, no, I'm up and down. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, not no messing about. On one <laughs> of where we it was chance encounter, and it was the it was the my last game to to like go four and zero in that second day event thing, and we had both ended up with two ships left, and it was basically he had to kill wedge, and I just had to kill anything else. That were not let Wedge die, and we were dials down, dials down, dials down, and it felt like a million turns. And then <laughs> doing the score every turn, doing the score every turn, and it actually clocked in at eight, <laughs> and it felt like a million turns. It, so it, that was actually a fascinating one. That was the that was the longest I had by like two turns. So that's really interesting to me because that kind of says that the game was pretty much down to those two ships at like turn three or four you had like a massive explosion in the middle and then you yeah, had turn five three turns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 
And those five turns felt like it was they were really important. And you were probably thinking, man, are we going to hit 12 turns here? Is, yeah. is the game going to end at 12 turns and we've still got time left? This is weird. And then suddenly time was called and it was eight turns. Yeah. Yeah. And the average number of turns in version two was nine, between nine and ten. Yeah. Um, is it just the number I, of ships in the list, do you think? It, it everything takes forever. Setup takes forever. It's just ridiculous. As in like the the time you are getting ready for to play the game. Because mm-hmm. you're basically setting up what, another five asteroids, aren't you? Basically, with a much more complicated where they can go rule. Do you think that's more that we've just not all got it down as well as we have with the Yeah, like, like by the end by the end of day one, we were all working out the middle one really quickly. But at the beginning, everyone's like, Oh, I think it's this, I think it's this. <laughs> and so so you have once everyone got the hang of it, it was tons quicker. But at yeah. the beginning it was definitely that they as you got to the end, they were they kept referring to it as calzoning the mat. So basically yeah. Fold the mat in from the corners, like you're making some one of those, you know, one of those things at school where they're like, "Oh, give me a number," and they go, bip, 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 bip. "Yeah, I know what you mean." And <laughs> my daughter is, brought one home the other day, actually. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, so um, it was like them to try and work out where the middle one was, and then it was then it got a lot quicker. But definitely to begin with, it's um, working out what's what. Uh, also, you know, you said about at the end of each turn you were recording the points. How how did you do it? In the oh, we've, we've so been using we, that to do it. Yes, yeah, so uh, we were given a very cool pad that basically had all 1 to 12, and it had objective score, ship score, put who you were, who your opponent was, and you did it one round at a time, and you added it up as you went, and it was perfect for the game, perfect. Had it next to the mat, kept a track every turn, everyone knew where they were. Um, some people were doing it, each doing it, which was a recipe for disaster because there's loads of Barney. <laughs> and then, um, and then I was every a game I played, I was like, either you could do it or I can do it, but only one of us. And then that was it. So it was yeah, cool. that's really cool. I'm glad it was nice and easy. That that did worry me a bit. That yeah, that you know, like you know, like we used to have those printouts to, to do your list manually away yeah. back. It's like that basically. So, I'm impressed. Yep. Hopefully, it's something that we get at like all big events. It's just something they give out just to make sure everyone. They gave it out then, and I've no. There's no reason they won't. That's that's exactly all you need. Basically, it made it really easy. Was that something that um, Dion provided, or was that something that was produced by AMG for the? I am. You and me both know the answer to that. We do. It was Dion, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah, I don't even know why you asked me that. <laughs> I'm, half, I'm half. I'm half surprised if if most of energy know there was an event. So yeah, <laughs> yeah they they sent him a package. Oh, like, uh, they sent him a package a month weekend. ago. Hey hey, they sent him a box full of old prizes like a month ago. So yeah yeah. You, know. oh. you, you are right. They did succeed in sending a box of stuff that FFG gave them. You are right. Yes. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Right. I'm going to go on to the winning list now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because so, and so before you do that, I super quick just to talk about. Oh no, no go for it, man. So he had he obviously did really well, and on Gold Squadron he was talking about bits and bobs of his list, but he has basically taken the best value uh, on that amount of ships. Um, and in a lot of games, it's just so much to kill; you're never going to kill it. The area denial is phenomenal on it. Um, there is enough bodies for most scenarios, but 
this particular scenario, and we'll get onto this in a sec when we talk about Nathan's, but I'd argue that he lost this one before, like once he had put his manoeuvres in and once he had set the, I'm going to call them crates because that's the one it was, What that that's where he lost the game. I, I 100% agree with you, Dale, and I'll be interested to see if we both think that for the same yeah. reason. Yeah. So, so I have the... also heard, I've not watched the match yet because um, yeah. I was busy this weekend, but I have, I've heard the same thing. I'll, I'll, I'll let you in on a secret. I did watch the final, but I only watched the first turn and a half, and then I thought ah. it's over, and I went Just to sleep. Well. Just so you know, <laughs> you basically did watch the final, yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, so so that is so he had it's an amazing list for getting the value. Um and I'll go when we talk later, I'll go on I'll go on to some other lists that seem quite cool. But um but yeah, that was that was his list, which was but the, the value you physically can't kill all of it. And and then that has its own value. Like things that have low charges matter more now because you only got five, four, five turns in a game. So like what does it matter if you've only got two bombs? They're going to be. You're going to make the most of them in those turns. It doesn't matter that you've got. Uh, you know, B wings just don't die unless you have a list like mine that's designed to kill B wings in a turn. Um, so living is is pretty much guaranteed. Um, so he had, and he has so many bodies, you just can't kill that list quick enough. There's also some like sharing of the damage around in there with selfless. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, and selfless is great. The I I decided against it personally because. I found myself far more spread out, especially with five ships instead of six. Yeah. Um, but um, but selfless definitely has its place. For example, this crate one that you can pull the crit off before it happens, therefore not dropping the crate. So there there is definitely play around it. It's just being close to each other is tricky in in this um, scenario world. Um, no, I, I also I had um, selfless on the other week and I didn't get my use out of it, so I took it off. Yeah, I, I took it. I swapped it. I had it on Dutch to help the other ones out, but decided to swap it for R three, which turned out to be well worth it. So, <laughs> um, so Nathan's list is what I. I mean, the other thing I will say is there is no, you know, like before, where we're like this list is the perfect list. This is the most optimized list it can possibly be. What I will say is that no list is necessarily the, the perfect answer because every list has the possibility to do well and badly. So whilst Nathan's list is really good that we'll go through in a second, you could change out one or two parts of it and still have just as good a chance. Yeah, that's fair. Would you say that's down to just the ships and their pilots, though? Uh, well, I mean, the player is a big part, as you've probably seen a lot of the people that are generally good did generally well on mass so so it's not like skill has been removed from the game variance has gone through the ceiling but it's not like skill's been removed but there are lots of good configurations of these pilots and the loadouts you'll find are massively different throughout like wedge is an amazing rebel part but he is built massively differently like with uh, because you've got all this loadout to mess around with um loops another example really solid proton torpedo carrier but can be built whichever way you want i've been enjoying luke at the moment rich sort of pushed me onto that it's really fun it's really good really good um and uh and and with nathan's one which we'll probably go through now but the um he took um have you got it in front of you i'm gonna I'll mm-hmm. correct me read, if I'm... Read, read through it if you want oh I've, i haven't got it 
All right. Well, well, you've got Anakin in the Y-Wing with shattering shot, ion cannon turret, proton torpedoes, R4P astromech, and afterburners. I think that's the action after a red move, isn't it? Uh, no, it lets you make a red move one difficulty less. It lets you make uh, a basic any basic manoeuvre one, one difficulty yeah, less. So he so he would use that on Anakin to do a four straight, which is red, and then he would afterburners and then take his lock, which yeah. and then got three force. So he'd do the same thing I would do with Wedge, which is a four straight boost, target lock, and Nick Kerr's focus, but he does it with one point, where, uh, six points, whereas I take 12 points to do the same trick. So it's a really good way of getting a torp off turn one, and no yeah. one expects it. It's nice to see Anakin as well in the Y-Wing, because he's definitely the, the least flown Anakin. Yes. And this is, or, this, or this is the Nathan ID. This is the Nathan ID thing, isn't it? Because we're yeah. going to see people copying this now and doing yeah. badly, because yeah. like people used to try and use Corrin Horn in version one, because Nathan <laughs> would regularly hit top yeah, yeah, worlds yeah. and everything with Corrin yeah. Horn. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's not the ship that does it, is it? It's the, it's the child. He's got it's the a, child. He's, he's not a child anymore. He's not a he's child not, anymore. He's, not, he's a grown no. man. So the um, the and then the other bits, like I say, there, there's a couple of staples. Contrail with Besh is yep. phenomenal. Two points auto include in every. I think he was in every Republic list, and definitely every Republic list in the cup. Another really good one is Barris, who's the three point Jedi. Um, you can pretty much take her with instinctive aim, concussion missiles, and CLT, which is pretty much what Nathan took. I'm pretty yep, that's sure. what that's what he took. Yep. Yeah, and that that is literally rock up, take a focus, spend your spend your force if you need the lock, and you've got a three shot. You're winning your loving life. Um, then he had uh, another staple which Cormac took as well, but I'll let him go through that next week. But the Ahsoka Tano with uh, CLT. And um, compassion and uh, chopper. Yep. Good memory. Um, so good. There's two charges that basically give you red bait, and then you get the jam action, which is pretty good later in the game when you're trying to kill stuff. Me and um, Rich are big lovers of chopper. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the last one was Obi Wan in the Eater, which is basically the crit Eater. So now they can have their cannon back with the crit bot it's a really good way of either picking to drop crates or another really good way of getting unblockable damage in so with obi and anakin he's got two really good heavy hitters but the other side which is why i think it was such a one-sided thing is that apart from anakin who's the one guy that doesn't grab a crate they're all three agility ships that are quick Anakin can grab a crate though because he cancels naturally rolled crits. I, I mean, he can, he can, but still odds odds on. He's the one that doesn't want to grab one. But um, but yeah, it's it's um, ev- everything is it made for that scenario in his. So he was massively the win. And then in the setup, I only managed to do it once because I wanted everything on one side because I want to joust everything. But he managed to do it so that they were they were all in his side grabbable, and only one of them was out of reach. Um, so, so how he how he did it, and I was I was looking at this um, with great interest before the the thing, and when I saw where he'd put his first one, so Nathan won first player on the road roll, which is really important for turn zero. It's huge to be first player um, because you're placing the first objective, and he placed it 
at basically 2-2 in one corner of his board, just inside of range three of the central obstacle, but then shuffled a little bit towards the center of the board. What that does is that stops your opponent from putting another obstacle. When they have to place an obstacle on your side of the board, that stops them from putting something on that side of the board. So then Marcel placed his first objective right at home, right in the middle on the outset, on the edge of his deployment zone, at which point Nathan probably laughed a bit because he now can force Marcel's final obstacle placement because he has to put it. So he puts then another objective on Marcel's side on the same side as he's put his one at 2-2, but as close as he can to that board edge, which then forces Marcel to the other side, but on Nathan's side of the board. So the furthest away he can get it is like on the edge. And it's really hard to describe this using words. But by putting that first objective at 2-2 in his own corner, he basically blocked off that entire half of the board and stopped Marcel from placing an objective there. Mm -hmm. The only time he could place one there was at the the start if he'd gone and put his own home objective at 2-2 on that side in his own corner. That then would have forced Nathan to then place a relatively friendly objective to him on the other side of the board. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, by by sticking one in that corner and having first player, that just prevented Marcel from being able to, yeah. to cluster anything towards his side of the board. And then yeah. Nathan, as you said, got four in the first first turn, wasn't it? He grabbed four. Literally four in the first turn. And, and this is another reason why I think out of the two, and I say this knowing that I took Rebels, is actually Republic are the winners here. Because there are very few ships that have the ability to somehow do a boost and then also have the opportunity to perform an action. And yep. that is, um, it is vectored cannons, A-wings. It yep. is sensitive control interceptors. And it is Jedi. They can yep. all do some kind of way of getting a seven straight. Uh, oh, and um, sorry. And, Afterburners. Uh, tie, Afterburners tie, is the other way. Uh, tie Whispers um, can do it if they've got sensor scramblers as well with the decloak. So there's very few ships, but the Jedi have a way of doing it without spending points on it, really. And to do that, fine-tune controls and then get your action and then either have force left or you know they it's the sacrificing your action and being left open is the bad side of every other list and not it doesn't necessarily have to be the the selfish mission one it could be any of them but that they there's two of them they really shine and it's the one where you want to do an action and then have mods which the jedi obviously are really good at um so him being able to get all four with his four ships that are three agility um, it basically puts a five-round limit on the game. Yeah, um, it was crazy because the game was over in one and a half turns when it was 4-1. And then the second thing that did it was... Th- so he did some cleverness. So he he fed Obi an evade with Ahsoka on turn one. So Obi, he could react to what Marcel did because of all of his system phase shenanigans and things that he could do. So we waited to see if Marcel would toss out a bomb. And when he did, he then thought, well, Marcel's not going to charge forward because he doesn't want to eat his own bomb. So he boosted Obi forward and then five straighted up to get the objective. But he gave him an evade with Hera first, not Hera, Ahsoka first, so that when he did take a couple of two dice plinks or three dice plinks from range, 
he was, you know, four greens with, you know, two force and an evade token, and he didn't yep. take any damage. Yep. But then the next turn in the systems phase, he'd put him, he'd positioned his rocks in such a way that he could then, and, and I suspect he's practiced this, that he could then boost right and five straight again to get behind Marcel's formation. And the five straight fit by a hair, like literally a hair. Marcel had barrel rolled for the block and missed it by, it must have been like a half a millimeter. It was, it was tiny, tiny gap. But mm. at that point, then the crit bot. Edda is behind the rebel list and the rest of his list is in front of it. So they then get the choice. Do I turn around and try and deal with Obi or do I try and get away from him? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was the point where I just went, oh, I'm going to go to sleep now. <laughs> this, game's, <laughs> this game's finished. <laughs> um, but yeah, he just played it so well. Um, then I think, uh, didn't Marcel conceded yeah, turn he conceded four or something? Turn, turn three or turn four. When, basically when it hit because he killed, um, he killed Shara and Blount or Shara. Two ships died basically. Um, maybe Hobby and Shara, and then it then it just it just froze it even more. Because at that point, his only answer is to start killing ships. Because then they start dropping crates. But um, it just yeah, it just didn't happen for him. So, and then that's hard because they've all got three agility apart from Anakin. And if Anakin's yeah. in trouble, he can four straight boost out of the way of trouble yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, I did notice, by the way, I actually read Shattering Shot and it, Adam Nathan's precision placement of the triangle of big obstacles in the middle of the board and Marcel's immediate desire to shut um, to blow them up with seismics became apparent that um, uh, Shattering Shot works on torps. Yes, it does. Yeah. Um, so it's when you form, perform an attack. So Anakin's ion cannon turret is suddenly four dice at range two and yep. his torps are five dice. Um if they're obstructed, which is yeah. frank, frankly disgusting and um, <laughs> something, something that I'm very pleased to be trying at some point in the near future. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I am still disgusting. really disappointed that we've got a blaster's marksmanship, that crit drive back. Yeah. Very sad about that. It's crap. It shouldn't be in the game, but it is. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd abuse it as well. Like I say, I've got... I just hope that it changes. <laughs> There was a reason it got taken out. Yeah. So it, it, do you think it was an MP it was taken out? What, the um, Autoblaster marksmanship? Yeah, it was taken off them because they could do pretty much anything they wanted I, to... I, I find it, personally, I find that an MP because there's nothing you can do about it and it's sad. Yeah, I, I'm surprised it came back. Um. I know there's other things that I don't personally necessarily enjoy, but that one, it's just, if they're behind you, you're like, oh, so I guess I'm taking that damage. I am, um, I, I, with the amount of effort they put into making pilots different, you could have easily given cannons to the lower ones that you're not going to take because they're not Obi or Anakin um, and let people make a choice. But it's just also you take Obi or Anakin in the ether, no matter what. I mean, I quite like the idea that because didn't didn't the ships in canon have ion cannons? I think, um, think so. I'm sure someone's told me. I'm not the best of things like this, but I, I'd quite like it if they just went, "Yeah, it's got a cannon slot, but it, it has to take this one." Like or nothing. You don't have to, but that's the only one you can take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's just the auto blasters, just nonsense. Yeah. But anyway, um, should we touch on a few of the lists that you found interesting, mate? Yeah, no worries. 
My um, so the one that stuck out the most, and this is, I guess, we're going to have a bunch of this. How does that fit thing? <laughs> um, so it was Chewy with Ursa Wren, which is an insane card that was yep. everywhere. <laughs> Long story short, you lock me, I lock anyone I want. I it's worse. Them. It's worse than that, Dale, mate. It's worse than that. It's when a fre- when when a friendly ship is locked. Oh yeah, sorry. So, so if I have R three on, if I have R three on Luke Skywalker, and I lock my own ship, the ship that Ursa's on gets to take yeah. a lock on whatever it wants. Yeah, it's really good. It's really. It's good. not. It's not on the same object. It's. It's not. There's no restriction to it. It's just. No, the, the only restriction is it's the it's the it's the ship with Ursa Ren on it that gets to do the lock. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. he was he was locking, and he had Bistan as well. So he he'd focus. I'd try and kill Chewie. Then he'd lock twice because I'd end up locking him twice for the proton torps. So he's got all the all the mods he wants for days, basically. But you can fit Chewie, then you can fit Kraken, Blount, Ezra, Hobby, and Shara. So that's a six ship list with Chewie. <laughs> two A wings, two A wings, two Z wings, Chewie, and Tie Fire. So it's a six ship list with seven shots because it's double tap chewy um which is terrifying the first round of engagement he did 12 damage to me it was bonkers <laughs> and so i that, so who who let's let's give the guy a shout out in case he listens he might not but let's give him a shout out so who who was he so i i don't know they're just it, they're people that need to lose so chewbacca no, so there's. I'm looking at, at the number of instances of Chewbacca. So we had a Chewbacca, Nora, Shara, Derek, Blount, with Nora in an arc. No, and then we've got Chewbacca with Sabine and Hobby. No, Chewbacca, Nora, Shara, Derek, Blount again with her. Could have been, could have been day one. two as well, though. Yeah, it was oh, day two. That one. Oh, it was day two. Oh, I'm looking in the wrong place then. Never mind. Sorry, yeah. whoever you are, I, 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 I only screen. know because I scanned through quickly to try and see what it was as well. <laughs> yeah, so like I, I've been playing with our Surrendale and it is it is a crazy good card and I comboed it with Dutch and Dutch yeah. has an R three, so Dutch yeah. locks a friendly plus um whatever he wants his target to be. He then passes a lock to Ursa who in on whatever ship I was using Shara Bay and an arc for you know meme levels yeah. of attempting to get five hits. Yeah. Um <laughs> and then um and then also he passes another lock to another friendly, but yeah. you don't need Dutch because you can take any T70 with an R3 astromech. Like Thane for four points with an R3 can just yeah. enable a ship carrying Ursa Ren to get double mods on things. Yeah. Putting yes. it on Chewy with Bay's Mal. So there was the Chewy build that um, one of the players took, which was Bay's Malbus and Bistan and Ursa. That's it. Yep. So. That's the- so you get Bayes Malbus gives you two focuses when it's if you treat it as red, which mm-hmm. you have a red focus if you bump into stuff, so you get two focuses anyway. Yep. Um <laughs> and then Bistan and then Ursa Ren. So you've got two locks from Ursa because things are locking your Falcon. Um yep. and even it's then terrible. even then the guy had Luke Skywalker with an R three, so he could be flying Luke along behind Chewie and his yep. other ships, locking two friendlies with R three, giving Chewie two locks. <laughs> Um, using Ursa because Ursa allows you to do that. Um, so there you go. That's a pretty good coordinator to have outmaneuver Luke Skywalker with proton torpedoes, coordinating two locks onto your Chewie every turn if you want to. Yeah. Or just one and you know use one yourself to shoot your proton torpedo. It's yeah. disgusting. And that, that list made cut as well. 
yeah, it's so good. It's so good. There was there every list was obviously a lot higher numbers, but I found it quite interesting that no lists were the same. Like half yeah. the field, twenty five percent of it was Rebel, twenty five percent was Republic. The rest is a smattering of what's left. But everyone decided to take something a little bit different, and I feel like that will always happen because nothing's necessarily like if you take. Uh, uh, if you take Gina or Pollard, it's like it's like a wrong answer to those yeah. things. It just it's what what you think fits your squad best, really. Um, and taking one ship different or swapping for it, like I was re-looking at mine, and you, I one of my other opponents had Ursa on Ibistan, the yep. the the cheap four point arc, yep. and you have that with Veteran Tail Gunner, and yep. it's insanely good. And I was like, oh, okay then. Uh, so- she she's got um she's got enough load she's got eight loadout which is enough to take like the Mandalorian super commandos or just put Ursa on there and get yeah. free a free double modded three dice attack. Yeah. But um things like Shara in the arc who she's a bit more expensive she's a five but yeah. she's got twelve loadout so you can put Ursa and the child on her. Yeah. And then you just get free locks and focuses and you've got yeah. force for defense yeah. or you know if you only get one action you just lock with it. Um, yeah, you like, know, it's, yeah, it's combo tastic. It's yeah. like version one. It, it's proper <laughs> yeah. version one combos. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So there, there's tons of every every game was you know even though it is all higher ship count. Uh, one of my my fourth or fifth game. So bearing in mind all all my games were winning in. I played a grievous sum fac and Django list, which surprised me. Nice. <laughs> That's like I didn't think anyone would take a three ship list. Yeah, there was a few. Uh, I, was fair, I didn't think a, I didn't think a symbol a sing a, a single separatist list would make cut, and I was surprised so, one did. But should we, a three should, we should we big up Chris? Really... Should we should we big up Chris Earp, who who flew that list? So great, yeah. Grievous without maneuver, iron torps, uh, missiles. Sorry, impervium plating, hull upgrade, soulless one. Then Django with. Rack them up, Lone Wolf, Count Dooku, Connor Nets, False Transponder Code, Slave One, and Veteran Tail Gunner. Because, um, you know, loadout points, so spend them. And then yep. Sun Fac within Snare, Predator, and Shield Upgrade. So, um, not a, um, I would have expected to see Afterburners on Sun Fac there, but still, Shields on the Nantex and on an ISEC yeah. ship is, is got to be yeah. good. So, yeah, nice. That was the, the um, what do you call it? Chaff Missile won me that game. No, no one still knows what chaff, mar- chaff missile does, which was good for me. <laughs> so another guy that we um, we chat to a lot, Don Williams, he came top with first order, and he had two bomber, two FO bombers with oh, um, chaff it, missiles it, on them. We we met him quite a lot. We went for dinner with him and stuff. But his first order list was insane. He's and also an excellent accent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I got called Australian more than English at over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> They don't know their accents for sure. Hey, hey. <laughs> oh, there's another Reddit there's for you, Tim. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, uh, it was funny because uh, Don was really enjoying his list and he was using it. Um, him and Chris Patrick, um, Crispy, as he's now known, um, kind of were brain, brain trusting it. And uh, Don went for an extra whisper. Um, so he went for Whirlwind, where Crispy went for an extra bomber. Um, so, cool. you know, bunch of electro chaff missiles, bunch of proximity mines on the bombers. Crispy had more bombs, but less other stuff. 
Um, Crispy went four one one. He was he was one of the guys who who drew one of the two people who drew and missed cut. They both missed cut because they drew their game. Um, oh, which is that, super that sad was, times. Again, I guess pick up the bits that are relevant. They yeah. he drew his game, and the guy was like, "Oh yeah, have a nice day." And I, and he was like, mm, "We should probably like roll off for it or something because we're both knocking ourselves out of the cut." And he was like, mm, "I'm all right." And then that's the feels bad. I think of it is that there when it's this, especially when it's five and one. He just that was it. He it would have been better to have lost, like to at least give the other guy a chance. Do you know what I mean? It's um, I I think draws are bad. Yeah. The other yeah. thing, especially when it's winning in. I guess yeah. it doesn't matter if it doesn't affect the cut. Like to draw a game and know that you're both just not in there is pretty sad. And but they you couldn't draw in the cut. So if you drew in the cut, you rolled. They did a rolled roll. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, you draw to go into a cut. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I know what you mean. Like if you miss the cut because you do a draw, it, it super feels bad. It, like it really genuinely is. And almost you know, like it's, it's missing out on cut by one mov. Oh, I know. Sad face. <laughs> Wait, but I, I do not. I do not understand the existence of them right now because it just all it means is that people have no chance now. Like he, he was. He, all it meant is he sat between the four and twos. And the five and ones on four one one. Yeah, yeah. draws only make sense in a league format. Yeah, it, I don't understand it. And then the um, the other bit that feels bad as well is the um, and I, tr- I actually tried not X wing very quickly. I tried a um, I took some Tau to a forty k tournament to give that a go the other week, and um, I realised after being basically knocked out after the second game that it doesn't matter if you win or lose; it matters if you win big or lose big, mm-hmm. and Literally, the first game was I won it, but like close, but really high score. And then the second game, I lost it, but by like two points, really low, and basically got knocked out because I lost low, even though it was a tight game. And that is now exactly the same as X Wing. So the games, um, if you have a, I don't know, say it's a really close game and you lose it, I don't know, seven to eight or whatever, eight to seven, whichever way around you say it, that puts you at a massive disadvantage in the rankings. You're better off just like, and this, and I say this as in like, as a player <laughs> is like, you're better off just once you've decided who's winning or losing, just go, okay, I got 25 or 27. You got 20. I still won. That's, that's what we're going to do because a tight game at the low end of the spectrum is to the detriment of both of you, which seems ridiculous that that's, has an effect like that. You're punished yeah, because mission, mission points. Position. No, it's it. They they want it. So they said they said um, uh, what's it called? Their their online mini convention mini extravaganza. They said that what they wanted people to do was to play for mission points. So basically, the and and what they alluded to was that if you lost two games, but you lost them big. So if you lost twenty five to twenty twice you would actually qualify or you would finish higher than somebody who won those games, but they won them like seven to two or seven to five or something like that. That's such so that, a ridiculous idea. Which I mean, it, It's ridiculous because it literally, and I, I say this like on a podcast, like it, it, it just encourages collusion that way because you're just going to go, yeah. I, okay, you definitely won the game. I'm going to give myself 20 and I'm going to give you 27. All right. Yeah, so, yeah, you you won by seven points. So I'm exactly. You, yeah. you still get you still get the the thing, and then it means we both have a better chance. And to even have that be a thing that you would say out loud is ridiculous. 
it's so just they, like it's mad. I, I get what they're trying to do because what they want people to do is to smash the ships into each other and, and go for it and not be cagey. This is one of their stated intentions is is not to play KGX wing. They want people to be flying in, rolling dice, playing for objectives, and that's that's fine. But they, um, they've made they've made that. They've made non KGX wing by having objectives. So yeah. that, that that has already been done. It's like keeping deficit scoring. It's fundamentally ridiculous because they've removed the any benefit of how that works anymore. So it's yeah. like oh, we've kept it in to double down. It's like, nope, you do not need to do that. You're just encouraging ways of it not working. Yeah. I think the only, the only thing <laughs> with deficit scoring is if you don't have then. it, somebody can point sync though, can't you? Not yes, really, you... No, not really, because you're at such a detriment to it. Like, I've had this oh, with Vader, not that I would now take it, but you've got Vader, Duchess, Cynthia. They they promote wanting to take what you want to take, but I can't because I automatically concede a point to take it because it's 19. Um, it's so that will now never happen. And it's the, I'm at a detriment because I'm picking ships that have a lower point value, therefore usually have a lower loadout value, so therefore I can't take as much. I would be better to take the full 20 across the board um, or drop one to fit a whole other ship in. So it doesn't, it, doubling down on stuff like that it doesn't make sense. They've made a whole game format that encourages uh, aggressive play, otherwise you lose, case in point, the final. Um, and um, to then double down on it by having that way, you, you don't need to encourage people to lose and win, uh, and win big because all you're doing, all you will actually end up doing, is encouraging collusion on the other end of the scale. And then, every, and then once that, once you break that seal, it will just happen all the time, and then it will lose all, all integrity. But that's on them for making that a rule. I mean, you, you kept saying double down, and I just kept hearing double tap, which is what some somebody said on Discord, which is that AMG's approach to making rules is that you double tap everything that you think is a problem. So, you know, fortressing yeah. is a problem, objectives and self-bumping, double tap. You know, if you think people aren't being aggressive enough, then objectives yeah. and, you know, this double tap um, and so on and so on. It's like every every single rule change is a double tap. It's like we're not just going to fix it once. We're going to fix it yeah. twice and maybe even three times. You know, yeah. some of the some of the perceived problems have been have been absolutely ground into the dust. You know, yeah. you, you can't now you can't now circle the objectives and not pick them up. You know, you have to engage. You can't win without playing that. You kind of can win without playing the engagement game, uh, the objective game, if you engage properly, if you get a good engagement. You know, you pick up an objective here and there, whatever. But mm -hmm. if your winning condition is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to murder 20 points of your list yeah. or Which 18 points doable. of your list. Yeah. Very doable. In, and it, like, you know, I I always played to kill everyone and the objectives just happened to happen. But equally, that that lost me games. You know, I lost two because the I got to the last turn or the second to last turn and realised that I can't catch up quick enough now. Yeah, because you, you've got like, B-Wings. My first, game, my first game, I took um, I took too long. To, he'd had a, a Dengar, Manaru and three other ships, which was horrific that that fitted. But the um, I took too long trying to kill Dengar. And um, it was a really clever list, actually. It's got uh, uh, the con uh, no, that's the wrong word. Overtune modulators and yep. Vizaro, and he kept just swapping them out so that Dengar basically never took the downside of mod mod Overtune modulators, which was amazing because it lasted three turns, and there's only four <laughs> turns in the game, so it's really good. Um, so, but I took too long killing Dengar, so he just wins on objectives. Like I ignored the other ships, and he's well up. So there's there's the ability to win and lose definitely, but um, yeah, it's um, 
it's fun and games. I think objective wise, and I'm gonna I'm gonna have to clock off in a bit because my brain's stopping to work. But <laughs> the the only bit I would say, honestly, for now, objective wise, I'm happy with all of them. There was only one bit that was overwhelmingly everyone was like, "This is the only bit that I, is a feels bad of objective play." Is that the one where you claim stuff? So um, I cannot remember what it's Scram- Scramble the transmission. Scramble the transmission. So you go up there, you spend your action. Another reason why Jedi are good. You spend your action to scramble it or claim it, whichever one you want to call it. Then you you rock up as the opponent and you you do automatically make them lose that scramble satellite thing, but you then have to roll to see if you win it and you win in it. If you blank, you don't win it. And that is you're spending your action to do it. And then to fail it is a massive feels bad. So my honest of all the, the, you know, of all of them and again, I've only played like what four, four days straight of it now, but the, that's the only one where I think they should just say, no, no, you, if you set, bend your action, you tag it for your team. Uh, because there was a lot of people like, oh, I had this one, but then I rolled a blank three times in a row, so I lost. Because you're basically just chucking away points every time you lose it. Yeah, uh, that's pretty much. And, yeah, and you're putting your ships at risk as well. I think the other thing is uh, <clears throat> one of the things that I saw somebody talking about on Facebook today was that, or maybe Discord somewhere, was that the objective, the the um, the scenario, sorry, as they're set, um, are essentially carbon copies of the um, Marvel Crisis Protocol and um, Legion objectives. Um, like in, in terms of the game, I don't believe you for a second. <laughs> but um, what they said was, it would be cool if you actually had some space-based ones, not land-based ones, because the ones that you guys have played and that we've all been playing for the last few months um, are are land-based objectives. You know, it's go here, hold this point, or tag this point, and then go and get another point, and then try and kill some people. Um, where, you know. X-Wing did have some scenarios in the original or early box sets. You know, you bought a ship, it came with a few random little tokens and there was like protect the Senator shuttle, you know, get the ship from point A to point B. Um, And putting in some scenarios that were actually more focused on, you know, here are some ships in space. Um, You know, pick one of your ships. It is your captain. You have to get your captain into your opponent's deployment zone um, without losing it kind of thing you know that kind of scenario would make things a bit more interesting and it's almost like the stuff that people play in heroes of the atari cluster where you know but rather than it being a gm playing the baddies versus a bunch of players playing the goodies you get you know players playing against each other where you know right we're doing this scenario and your wedge has to get over there because he's your highest pointed ship um, or your wedge has to has to survive seventy five minutes. And that's the that's your win condition, and my ships have to kill your wedge. That's my win condition. So you know, let's go. That that kind of different scenario would be interesting to me. Um, so I, I do hope they do some more. That's what I'm trying to say. They did say they were going to do some more, but again, a lot of people are saying they don't seem Star Warsy because they're land objectives and. That I think that's a. I mean, that's not really something I'm bothered about. But seeing the rest of the community, I'm just like, yeah, it's a fair point. I actually hadn't noticed myself. <laughs> I mean, it is based in a 2D plane, so I think that you could argue it either way, can you? Really, I'm not sure how. No, much it's in space, Dale. Space. Anyway, I want to mention a list before we, because if Dale's going, we can wind down. Um, 
a guy, uh, Steve Cotillo, got to top eight. He was third in Swiss, who had uh, heavy. He had Leighton Dreyer, Nash Windrider, Lieutenant Lurie, I think maybe, uh, Commander Gurren, and Pior Sabak. I just want to mention it because it's got the heavy and I've got a bit of a soft spot for it now. Mm-hmm. There was a um, the only ship that was not taken was the Tri Fighter. Every other ship was taken by somebody. It always makes me sad about that ship because it just looks so cool, but it's absolute garbage. Every other ship that was available in standard in standard was taken, was it? Apart from that one, that's crazy. That, I mean, that's, it's good. That's good. I it just cool. I hope we don't settle on that. They have succeeded in, in getting everything represented. You've gone robot, mate. I've gone robot. Or is it just my end? It was no, just your end. It was you two oh, talking right. for each other. They made it go a bit weird. Carry on, every, Dale. Every, every, I think that's a good win for them to, to have got everything represented, which is, you know, I think that's a really positive thing. Yeah. I mean, we had stuff like that in 2.0, though. It, this isn't a new thing. Um, I mean, if you look at the thing is, you got to look at the factions taken overall as well, and the strength of the faction. Someone who just wants to fly the ship can take it. Where it's not every ship has a competitive place in a tournament. I think that's more of an issue. I think that's what they should be trying to achieve. And although that is a very difficult thing to balance, mm-hmm. having one ship missing isn't a true indication of the balance of the game. Yeah, good point. If you, uh, you, I think you're right. If you look also at the the list that did make cut and did make the top end of it all, they are the same ships, or rather the same pilots making it in the same ones. So, like, I mean, there was. Oh, go on, sorry. No, just like the Republic, for example. Contrail was in all of them. Anakin or Obi was in all of them. Anakin was in five. Obi was in five out of six. Um, Barris was in five out of six. Uh, there's there's a lot of repeats. There's definitely clear winners for sure. There's, there's so some you'll, you'll see common, value. yeah, yeah. You'll be seeing common pilots rather than every pilot. A hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yep. So if you look at the ether sprites, people are taking Plo Obi because they've got missile loadouts. They're taking Barris because she's got missile loadout. Um, they're taking Ahsoka because she's really good value in at, at four points as well. Um, but people are, I think, we're going to start to see loadout centralize as well into things there'd be some where the, the loadout values are so high like luke skywalker and wedge with their absurdly high loadout values you'll never know what people are going to put on there i mean there's probably some secret sauce around but yeah it's um looking down the republic stuff because i've been flying the republic things i mean nathan's list um that he won with is identical three of the ships are identical to what i've been using um recently the thing that's different is that instead of having Anakin and Contrail, I had a, a five and a three instead of a six and a two. Um, so, you know, I had a, an, I had another Jedi and then a different, a, a different V-Wing. I had a three-point V-Wing in. Um, but those three ships, Obi, Ahsoka and Barris, they just repeat down the Republic because they're really good value pieces. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm also looking at, resistance list building and just a shout out to mark myers who came top in resistance with four y-wings um 
because value and he had a he had a run he he met duncan howard and marcel manzano they were his two losses um uh, no sorry he beat duncan do apologize um yeah marcel lost to marcel on a winning in basically um but you know you you're looking down and it's just like right what can i do with 20 points okay um, well what costs three what costs two okay how many have i got left right i trade a three for a four Okay, now we're done. <laughs> it's you know that that seems to be how you do in list building. But I was interested to see that the big seven ship republic ridiculous thing with the the three N ones <laughs> and the the you know the three V wings and whatever else and Barris didn't really seem to turn up, um, or it didn't turn up at, at any of the top end of it. I think I did. think we have got that. I mean, it's obviously a good list, and we did practice it. But I think a, a lot of it still is fresh. Like this is the first big tournament. The Cherokee one was. From the American standpoint, the Cherokee is a bit in the middle of nowhere. Uh, yeah. I know about 30 odd people. So, so I think a lot of people have done their own take on the same idea and have come out, you know, with the similar thing. It's the ability to grab stuff and have bodies on the table. So it's, um, it's still probably shaking out, but I think even it won't properly shake out because there's no, there's no, there's a lot of auto takes like, um, like Liam was saying, there's a lot of things that are good pilots for the points and the loadout. But you will always have that swap X for Y, and it still be okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So going back to uh, just cycling back to the ships taken thing, and the N one being omitted as the tri fighter. Uh, the fact that separatist players actually outnumbered the amount of vultures taken. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. a confusing prospect, to be honest. I mean, that's never never been the case. I, I think I don't think I've met anybody who's looked at the changes and thought, "Oh, separatists have come out of this well." It's it's pretty <laughs> apparent that they've been dumped on from a great height. But similarly, you know, they've given Sunfac access to afterburners. So you know, I, I am quite sad about the separatists. I really enjoyed the droid swarms and all the nonsense you could do there. But they've really given a, they've given a big hit. I mean. DRK1 probe droids don't have enough time on a board because of the shorter length games to be Especially effective. the fact that you can shoot them off your own ship now and they only have one oh, agility. That's, that's discords, yeah. Uh, oh, vultures sorry. Yeah, mate, are sorry. point for point worse than any other two point and give up easy MOV. Well, not MOV, sorry, victory points. You've got two strong ships generally and that'll be Sunfak and Grievous. So, I mean, Doug Howe came and got into cut he was the one who got in the cut, and he had Sunsack yeah. and Grievous, and then he had three bombardment drone hyenas um, with Proxmines delayed fuel, well, assortment of mines um, and struts. Um, so, you know, there's... And Doug's a, a well-known good player. You know, he's a, a regular occurrence in cuts in, in North American events. Um, but, you know, if you're looking down, um, you know, we did talk about this, um, you look down the, the people who made top the top cut, and a lot of them were well-known names, but there were a lot of well-known names at the event who didn't make it. Um, they, like Dale, you know, Cormac made it. You know, clearly the best, the best traveling um, European. Always, always. <laughs> but um, you know, uh, we I mentioned briefly before, you know, Duncan Howard was there and did well, but you know, went four-two and missed cut. Um, Paul you know, Heaver Paul also Heaver went four-two and missed cut. You know, there were a lot of very, very strong players who. Um, for whatever reason, um, you know, it didn't it didn't come through for him on the day. And I think it's good to see 
um, different names turning up in the cut as well and, and progressing deep into cut. And while, you know, two well-known American X-Wingers who've got pedigree of placing well at big tournaments in, in Marcel and, and Nathan were the top table, um, it's great to see, you know, that the... I think, just circling back to the start, it's great to see a big event with lots of people going at it, but it is also great to see a good variety of people making the cut and it's not, you know, oh, right, it's top eight event in America. Well, I can probably name seven of the people at the top table. Yeah, you know, for because sure. it's the same yeah. seven people who make it all the time. Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of the things that made good players like strategy or or um, <clears throat> working the maths out and what the best choices and all that that stuff is is still going to carry over. There's still a lot of skill to it, but it's um, it is definitely a different version of the game for sure. Yeah, it's it's that. I, I think we touched on it a bit earlier, and we've mentioned it before. Um, it's that front-loaded turn zero and turn one. Mm-hmm. I think it's possible to lose it at that point. Um, it's possible to lose a game. Yep, a lot more important. Be. Yeah, well, um, well, you have those those turns at the beginning where you've got time to resort yourself out. Is doesn't exist anymore. So yeah, yeah, you, you, it, yeah. It's it's a bit scary because one of the stated design intentions was to try and make it more new player friendly, and I think that new players can just get dumped on worse than they can in a new game. Yeah. Because yep. you know you you mess up your turn zero, then you land on a rock, you take mm. two damage, then they fly down having claimed four objectives and nuke one of your ships off the board, and the game's over in two turns, and you don't know what's happened. And yep. it's like, well, well, that wasn't fun for me. So I think if they're balancing it for people of equal player skill, then you know, fine. But that's not going to be a great experience for a new player who comes into a club and you say, right, you want to play objectives, fine, let's go. And then they play against somebody who's not, um, who's not giving to a new player. Let's say you know, because you get people who are good at playing against new players, don't you? Who come in and they talk them through everything and they let them take everything back and so on and so on. And then you get some people who are like, "Yeah, let's go. Let's let's just play a game and we'll see how it goes." And they get absolutely smashed. And then you never know that that person's had a terrible time until you never see them again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know that. I'm I'm a bit worried. I mean, I I enjoy two point five and I am having a good time playing it. But I think that's because the the guys that come down to the club on a Tuesday night and the people that I play against on TTS on a regular basis are kind of all of around about the same kind of general skill level. Um, But I think that I'm worried that new players are just going to be like, oh, yeah, this seems fun until they meet a player who's kind of a little bit more experienced than them. And then it's like, oh, that was not not what I enjoyed. Um, But we'll see. I've, I'm going to have to go to bed now because my brain's shutting down. But thank you for having me on. Do you got Come any shout-outs before you shoot off, mate? Uh, just Cormac for being my um, X-Wing travel buddy. Um, all of the uh, Goal Squadron guys, Dion, for um, it hosting it because it, it, without him, it just would not have happened and it did it, it really well. Um, Chris Allen, D. Young, for judging it all. There was, for a whole new game system, it was quite smooth not any major like the game didn't break which was which was great so that lot was all good um and uh yeah that's that's gonna be that's gonna be it so i will forget people but um, and thank you for having me on so soon after as well appreciate oh, it talk to me yeah well, oh. so i will let you guys keep chatting on but yeah the the last thing i would say is um having been to the first one it was i uh, definitely was worth going it's um, still got the buzz that it had before, so we just—I guess—we have to see when we get those sort of events over here, um, and um, 
and and see if it picks up where it left off. Basically, that's what I'd yeah. love to. Yeah. I hope it does because there's people we haven't seen for quite a long time, and I'd quite like to see them again. Absolutely, and Liam. Yeah, well, Matt, I see him too much anyway. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice little, nice little note to end on there. Just a little twist in the ribs. Get it done. <laughs> I will uh, log off and let you guys finish up. But thanks for having me. Catch you later. Cheers, man. See you later, mate. Right then. If either of you actually got <laughs> else you would actually like to talk to, talk about. Um, uh, I mean, regard it is the entire turn zero thing, to be honest. And I don't know, there's just a lot going on. Like you can see by some of the streams, it's just, oh, let's have, have some ships and point them at each other. Like playing the game is cool, but and like it is enjoyable there isn't enough of it to enjoy because it's over by the time you kind of get into the swing of it. I mean, I'm, I'm finding, and I think, I don't know if it's the same for you, but that the games themselves are lasting about the same amount of time, but the volume of stuff and interactions and ships and engagements and stuff that you have to manage means that as Dale said, you know, we're getting for five, six turns in a game and you feel like, well, there's no end game. The game ends in mid-game because of objective points. You still both got ships on the board, but suddenly it's um, you know, twenty-three to seventeen, and the game's finished. And you're like, oh, right, we've been playing for an hour and five minutes or whatever, or you know, right, we're into our last turn. Um, yeah, it's it. It feels like the um, the, the the points of the ships or the way that they've built out the the ship combos means that there's ten. I mean, on average, there's 10 ships on the board, right? Um, 10 yep. and a bit um, ships on the board. Um, and if you've got something that's got a complex decision tree on it, um, or you're having to try and understand your opponent's combos, like we talked through some of the combos that have turned up. Um, and, you know, it's like, hang on a minute, your ship does what? You know, like Nathan's shattering shot Anakin with proton torpedoes. would be like, right, that's an obstructed proton torpedo. So that's five dice. And they go, wait, what? And it's like, yeah, it's um, you know, shattering shot here. Look, and they hand you the card, and you read the card, and all of that just takes away time because not everybody knows every card, and that slows things down. You know, and even cards that you think you know, and somebody says, "All right, this interaction works in this way," and you go, "Does it?" And then you know, you have to read three cards and then try and understand it, and then maybe call a judge because you're not sure that your opponent has understood the rules properly and they're not explaining it to you. So you get a judge over and the judge then reads the cards and everything slows down. And to me, that's the the difficulty. And I don't know how much that will speed up over time, particularly at tournaments. Like on club nights, it will, because it'll just be like, I don't know if I, I believe what your list does, but I believe that you're not going to cheat on a Tuesday night when we're just smashing lists into each other to see what they do but you know That's you know the what easiest I mean? night like, to get away with it <laughs> it's like it's like you know like sis lists when they first started coming out and all the weird interactions and stuff that the the um the mall ship what was it called 
the interceptor thing, the big thing. Uh, the infiltrator. Infiltrator, that's it. Um, you know, all the interactions, the O66 and, and all the different things that they had that they could do. And it was like, right, I, I tell you, what, I just believe you. Okay, it's fine. Just just do whatever it is that you say that ship can do. Um, and even things like impervium plating and Grievous's ability, you're like, sure, whatever. He's just, yeah, carry on. You're a separatist list. I don't understand it. But now every faction seems to be a bit like that. It's like, because you've got, you know, 30 points of upgrades on some ships. You know, everything's got, um, and because pilots' abilities are coming in now, you're seeing pilot combos that you've not seen before, you know, and then trying to remember them. So it's like, you know, Ibit Sam in the, or to Sam in the Ark. She's the one that can maybe remove stress when you K-turn her. But, you know, do we always remember that? Probably not. <laughs> it's fine, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, what's your... Um, what, what's your concern with it, Liam? Because you were talking like you were about to talk into something, like the game's just over soon. Is that, I mean, are you, because like when we've played, it sounded and felt like you were enjoying yourself. But oh, I am. I genuinely am enjoying myself, but I don't know how much of that is the person I'm playing against. Because well, I do just can't do be that I, if it's me. I always have a good game against you. It's because you always win. You're horrible. I man. said what I said. I didn't. <laughs> I know, I know what I'm saying, but it's I don't know. It's like games don't seem to be lasting long enough, turn wise. So by yeah. the time you maybe get into the interesting bit, it's done. Yeah, yeah. And... I saw somebody feedback from Adepticon that they were, even though Dion was being really generous with time, like when rounds were starting, like he was walking the hall and waiting until most people had their objectives at least and probably their obstacles done. But then he was starting the game and they said, you know, if you missed, it was a bit like um, Vince, rest in peace, used to do at the um, at the system opens where, you know, pairings would go up and then 10 minutes later he would start the timer. And if you'd been on the wrong side of the hall and had to walk a distance to find your pairing and then and then walk another distance to find your table um and then and then your opponent had done the same thing you could still be doing you know setting your cards out and explaining your lists when the time starts and then it's like oh i don't know what to do and i had a guy who was at adepticon who who fed back and said you know there were a couple of instances where that happened where you know they were literally just plunking their stuff down when they found out that the timer had started um but again because of the secret timer they didn't know that the timer had started until they saw people playing or the, the tannoy went off saying you know you know round start sort of thing um so yeah it was all a bit i don't yeah, know it's i'm seeing i think like i have an issue with the list building thing and i don't understand the more granularity thing because if you hit 19 points the list's dead because you go right then i'm giving up five percent of my win condition already if you hit 21 yeah. points, the list is dead. You can't field it. Whereas in 2.0 and the 200 point and then building your upgrades within that 200 point uh, limit, if I hit 210, I can trim down. If I hit 190, I can add things or just sit at 190. And I could still field and play what I wanted. Yeah. And I think that I think you guys could see that when you saw the points affect my fire spray Grievous Chertek. That yeah. survived two points changes because I was like, well, I can just do this. I'll chop change this. That's fine. This works now. 
and I was still getting good results out of it. I mean, at one point I dropped Dooku, and everyone was like, "That's a bad thing to do. You should drop Chertek." I'm like, "No." But because these changes have been put in place, I can't field certain lists at all because it's 19 points or 21. I'm like, "Well, that's that gone." And I feel like I'm just being locked into certain lists, like Scum. Ten points of that is locked in. That's Manaru, Cad, Solus, and Ahav or slash uh, Andrew. And then it's just 10 points to fancy because you know you've got to hit four or five ship count to even contest. And I don't know, I feel like the puzzle of trying to open up your opponent's list has gone because you just focus on objectives and shoot what comes at you. And I do enjoy the games when I'm playing them, but because I knew the height of how much I enjoyed 2.0 and the level I was playing at and the people I was playing and the type of lists I was coming up against. For example, the STO when, is it Sam Cooper from the Tins? Uh Yeah. He had four HMPs and I had my uh, Chertek, Grievous, Django list. And I was like, I can't do this. But then I had to fly surgically to find shots to find angles and yes it went to time but that was one of the hardest games of my life and I won that and I felt so relieved whereas in 2.5 I win I'm like okay I won I'm enjoying turns three and four and then the game's over and I'm like oh it just brings you straight back down to earth it doesn't really matter to me if I win or lose Mm -hmm. see see, I've been having a lot of me and Rich had a really like a close and exciting game um, and I had a similar sort of game against Tim, where it come down to the very last turns. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think those games have been fewer between than you know the the ones where you blow out your cheeks and you go, "Well, that was a close, good game. Who won at the end of it?" You know, when you're trying to figure it out, it's like I'm pretty sure I've won, but let's count it up and make sure. Um, you know, it, th- those games are are less common than they they were before but i don't know if part of that is because people are getting familiar with the different tactics and strategies involved in um strategy play uh, in objective play than than they were before um or whether people are more comfortable with it or whether it's just you know that there's the the win conditions that or the victory conditions that you need to get for objectives are are slightly wrong like these are things that they can tweak and and I guess this is kind of my almost parting thought is that I I'm going to continue playing the game at the minute because I'm enjoying 2.5 and I'm actually enjoying list building but probably that's because two of the three factions that I collect are are doing really well at the minute so I'm getting to play around with the big combo you know the big cool combo lists in Rebels and Republic um and I, you know I'll try the odd resistance thing here and there because you know I do enjoy using those ships but um I there is so much stuff that is just broken that needs to be moderated back and there's so yeah. much stuff that isn't usable that needs to be moderated up and as long as AMG actually show willing to listen to the community feedback as a result of these larger events so you know we've heard that they're going to run something at the UK Games Expo in April May whatever it is um when is it? May? I can't, I can't remember, mate. Liam, whenever you, whenever your barbecue is. First weekend yeah. of June. First weekend of June. Thanks, Tim. Um, it's it's the Queen's Jubilee um, weekend party thing, bank holiday. 
Um, and, uh, you know, if there's going to be an event there and there's going to be other events in the US and there's potentially going to be um, a grand championship in Australia because they already had the kit from pre-COVID, which had landed with them. Um, so they've got it. So they're going to run it now, um, but under 2.5. Um, and if AMG listened to community feedback um, as a result of that, and whether that comes direct from the community or whether it comes compiled from community leaders, then that's great. But the measure of that and the value of that is going to be whether AMG actually listen and act on it. Because to date, their engagement with the community has very much been, here's the thing we've made, and if you don't like it, jog on. Um, and that's been the, the only negative bit about the transition to 2.5 for me has been the demeanor of the developers of the game towards the community. Um, it's been pretty uh, shocking, to be honest. <laughs> if I behaved it's... like the X-Wing devs have been to uh, to the community when I was at work, I'd be pulled in on a disciplinary and put on an improvement plan. And that's only because I work somewhere where workers' rights are protected. If I talk to somebody like that in an American business, I'd just be fired get out you can't talk to customers that way and yet they do and it makes no sense to me i just don't understand it at all just like to point out as well though we've had some broken stuff in 2.0 and 1.0 you know oh yeah absolutely it's not, it's not like a, a one and we've also had ships that just didn't see play as well so this like, feels to me like the, new like the height of one haven't been broken. yes i was just saying this, this feels to me like the height of 1.0 broken stuff like it's that level of nonsense is appearing. Now. Yeah, yeah, you and know. when you've got combos that do, they go right. This, this, this. You can't stop this, regardless what upgrades you've got. That was a feels bad, and that that's where one point really fell flat. Whereas I think two point you did have more of a variety of things because you couldn't, and you there were broken lists, and they were addressed. But, you know, AMG might address them too. I think you've got to give them the benefit of the doubt on because this is yeah, only that, the yeah, it's... Well, that, that's what I'm waiting for. That, that, that's what I was saying before. All of the feedback and that we give them, is... it's whether they act on it and whether they change the stuff that is broken, that isn't fun, that isn't working, or whether they say, no, we think it's fine. Play it or... I mean, I just want to say that uh, FFG never never changed the uh, Nantex not having to fully execute. <laughs> <laughs> And I know Liam thinks that was fun, but it wasn't. Oh, right. For me, it was fun. And it, it was dumb. Uh, it wasn't fun for my opponent. I mean, so for it me... it was a fair change. And I'll, like, as much as I enjoyed doing it, it wasn't good yeah. for the game. It's, uh, I don't know, there's a lot of... Th- I've just got this bad feeling that regardless of what's fed back from everyone else... There is a big pattern of what is discussed as good and bad in the Fly Better pages that once they've been said six months later, it becomes an AMG rule. And it's if you want to see where the game's going, it'd be fair to put your money on whatever Fly Better are saying and the crate server is saying that that's how it's going. Uh, I AMG didn't take on board a lot of the European playtester feedback. And they were like, no, this is what we're doing, which is why I'm apprehensive of what our feedback actually means to them. I say, you need to give them the benefit of the doubt and see what actually happens rather than just 
writing off. And a, a, yeah, a lot of which that is, is which is a lot of that, still here. A lot of that is hearsay. There's no definite um, to say that it, uh, does, happen, it does happen off um, the Fly Better page. I think it's sort of unfair to say that when we I, haven't 100% proved it. I mean, not 100% proved. I mean, yeah. what I can and can't say is... That's what I'm saying. Is to say it's gospel, you've heard it off of like one or two people, or three or four. It doesn't matter, but you know what I mean. Correlation yeah. does not equal causation. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, we have seen that the only play testers of the kick the can scenario. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Dee and Ryan. So we know that, you know, they're talking to AMG. <laughs> we know that Dee and Ryan are also, you know, they're really invested in the ongoing success of X-Wing to the point where they are saying it's 2.5 or nothing for us and we're doing it. They've set their stall out. Um, we also know that um, without Dee and Ryan, reaching out to us we wouldn't have had a whole bunch of official ffg prize support so they are you know they are deeply invested in the community but they're deeply invested in the success of the current game um but like everybody else they want to happen what they think is the right thing for the game and if they think the right thing for the game is not version 2 and is version 2.5 then they're not going to support version 2 and they've said as much no. you know their their podcast and their their facebook I mean, group is now a 2.5 facebook group sad to say but 2.0 is gone like no one's going to be supporting it i know some people will but it, it it's not going to be officially supported is it no you know so i i kind of understand where they're going and at the end of the day, oh, it's yeah. is their page, and they can do if they want to be a two point five page. That's fine. I don't. Yeah, think I've, you, I've got no issue with that. To be I honest, I shouldn't really be accosted for that. No, no, uh, no. That is a, a completely fair point. It's just uh, this is a personal thing. I have an issue with people who are financial have a financial stake in the game telling me it's good i'm naturally going to be apprehensive because it's something new but when i'm being told that no this is good because this is and this and it's either a playtester who doesn't know that i know they're a playtester or people who go oh i make money off this so i have to support it there is something there that's just like well how sincere are you being in this? Or are you just trying to protect your pockets? Yeah, I I think that's a that's a deeper question really for not not for us to kind of No, that's also think, true. Think it's about, just but it, it is a very just my thought process. It's it's a valid point. There are people who are financially invested and uh, in 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 X Wing to the point where most most of us are emotionally invested in it because of, you know, friendships and history and you know enjoyment and you know getting out of the house and ordering kebabs and playing games with people that you know we've grown to tolerate over the years you know we're, we're all <laughs> you know we are all we are all invested in the game in one way or another and yeah some people are financially invested in it and you know um if there, there's a lot of ifs and covid has made it kind of weird but you know if um Gold Squadron hadn't run Galaxy's events if Flipster and Johnny Cheese and um, Crazy Vulcan and Kez hadn't maintained the TTS mod for um, X-Wing, if Dennis hadn't 
created TTO, then then X-Wing as a game, because it's not a hobby element game, because there's no building element to it, we'd have all just stopped playing. And that inertia of then starting to play again post-COVID would have been much, much harder to overcome. Yes, and it's just agreed. been like, you've all been playing for the last two years, probably more than you did before, but now you can get to play with the real stuff that you've still been buying during lockdown. Um, where, you know, we, we saw a picture of a bunch of um, ex-Sith takers and some others who've all gone and started playing the Hobbit stuff. And that was because when COVID started, a bunch of them were hovering. And then they realized that they could buy and paint and learn um, how to play um, Middle Earth strategy battle game um, all together during lockdown. So they all used to sit and do um, painting nights where they would all sit with you know, the webcams on on Discord and paint things and show them off to each other and, you know, give tips and tricks. And, you know, they've sent some awesome dioramas and things beside the point. But, you know, X-Wing would have lost a darn sight more players than it did had yes, all of agreed. the internet community stuff not happened. And, I mean, th- there's been, you know, some who who's responsible for the maintenance of the of the online X-Wing or of the X-Wing community over lockdown. And it's a, it's a collaborative effort between... You know, Singapore X-Wing with their events, Jawas with their events, Gold Squadron with theirs, Fly Better, Vagabond Squadron, Steve Bolton and his guys who ran one of the very first tournaments um, in lockdown where they ran the one where you played seven rounds, but you had to use every faction in each round. And it yeah. went down really well, but it broke Steve's head doing the admin of it. So we just gave up after the first one, but it was so successful. You know, we've set up and run the league to what four or five seasons and now we're resetting it for 2.5 all of this stuff has kept the community going um and to me i i think the community will will sustain but the thing that's threatening it is the behavior of amg towards its customers like just the, the way that the people talk to us is making people angry they're staying for the community, but all it will take is for them to go on holiday and not bother going to gaming night for six weeks. And then, you know, it's like, oh, it can't be ours now. You know, we had people who were thinking about coming back who are not like, oh, well, it's changed again. Oh, well, I'm not sure if I can be bothered. But then on the other yeah. hand, we've got people like Bob who are considering coming playing again. Yeah, only because he knows it's, he can fly broken lists against people. Yeah. Still but, a return. Know, I will... Yeah, he is. I will add, although my outlook at the moment is doom and gloom for the longe- longevity, longevity? longevity longevity of the game yeah. in its current state, I'm hoping it changes regarding the points and everything and actually gets balanced because I'm aware they've released it knowing it's not going to be balanced and it's not going to be in its first iteration. That's nonsense to think anyone can do that. Uh, as long as a few issues are addressed, I still think the game's fun. I'm still going to play it and I'm still going to enjoy my games. Whether it's the same level of enjoyment I got from 2.0, I don't care as long as I go out and have a good time, which is why I'm staying in the community. I'm trying to keep an open mind and I am going to be running 2.5 events. Good on I mean, you, Adam. Is. Oh, we're sharing it. He's running the first one. Yeah, I'll believe it but when you run one. <laughs> I'll be running the next one, but I won't advertise it, so I don't have to go. <laughs> right, so, anyway. so what you're saying is Board and Brom's going to be doing events every other week, every other month. <laughs> no, it will be every month. Baked potato eating contest. <laughs> just so Ooh. Liam can win every time. That's your tiebreaker. Yeah, it's not even close. 
<laughs> how, many, how many jacket potatoes can you eat in three minutes? And my answer is six. <laughs> yeah, but how, how many? How many can you fit in the microwave? That'll take you at least, you know, about two or three attempts. Oh, he doesn't. He doesn't understand how to make mashed potato. Remember, he has to buy a no. pre-mashed. Oh no, I don't. It, it was just no space. Following to you around, thought... following you around for the rest of your life. Are you surprised wish... that he can't do it? I'm surprised he can tie his shoelaces. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure his parents get Velcro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right, come on, Ben. I think we're done. It's, it's more because of the sheer height and how long you, how you have to bend down. His feet are really big. His feet are really big, though. <laughs> you know, so was so his body. Have you seen him? I am. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, a large chunk. human. Yeah. I'm a I move pretty quick for a man my size. I was like, oh, that's a really nice compliment. That hurts. <laughs> right, I'm calling it anyway. Um, have you got any shout-outs? Uh, I'm going to shout out every person. Rich. Oh. Go on, Liam. You can go first. I don't mind. I've already said you. Do you think? Uh, I need uh, to I'm going to shout... Go on. Okay, I'll go. Go on then, Liam. Uh, I'm going to shout out every person that's run a tournament over, over lockdown. Whether it's uh, the Firestorm Focus guys, you guys before I became a fully-fledged Sith taker, and obviously afterwards, uh, Team Jawa, c- the Camino guys, uh, Fearless Gundarks. Oh, you've started listing them now. Now you're going to upset somebody because you'll forget them. I know, and uh, Asterisk. See Asterisk, everyone else. Uh, <laughs> et al. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm going to shout out Board in Brum. And for those of you who haven't bought a ticket, there isn't many left now that I've sorted out the ticket issue. Uh, please come down on the 9th. It's going to be a good day. It is. And Are you I look to forward me? to seeing you. Yeah. Anything from you, Rich? Yeah, I, I want to shout out, um, just again, I've, I've done it while we were talking, but the, um, the the TTS mod guys and Dennis. And once again, we, we used to talk about it a fair amount, but um, genuinely, the um, X Wing would have probably crawled to a halt and, and vanished into insignificance had we not had them doing their stuff over lockdown. So if you can th- throw a few bucks to um, TTS or to Launch Bay Next or to Yasby, then do so. And um, because the, uh, the the TTS mod guys, sorry, don't, I meant TTT, Dennis, Tabletop TO, uh, the TTS guys don't accept donations, but they do accept um, thanks and charity donations um so if you want to make a charitable donation to a charity of your choice and then tell them that you've done it because you think they're awesome they really appreciate that kind of stuff so it's a it's a nice way to do it um so yeah i just want to shout them out and once again all the lads down at um, element games and the sith takers and it's good to start to get um bigger numbers down we had eight last week which was super sweet yeah and we've had a like a new sort of newish player haven't we played before but so that's good. Um, I'm just going to give a shout out to um, everyone who's already signed up for the, the league that we're going to be running. Uh, the, I'm sure Tim will include a link again if you do want to sign up. And also just another one again to launch Bay Next because I feel like it gets overlooked sometimes. Um, and that's my preferred squad builder, personally. Launch Bay Next, endorsed yeah. by Ben Hibbert. I, know, I, just, I always feel like it just gets overlooked and... It's it the one everybody's got on their Bay. phone. It's the one everyone uses on their phone. You use Launch Bay Next on your phone, Yasby on your browser. 
There is listen. there is a launch by Nexon browser as well. I know, really but good. I fear change. I fear change. It's different. <laughs> right. And anyway. here you are embracing two point five. You're a liar. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, goodbye from me. Uh, goodbye from Liam. Toodles. Goodbye from Rich. Goodbye. Goodbye from Tim. Goodbye. Do, do, deal as, do deal as well, and I'll do a hilarious imitation of his accent. Goodbye, Dale. Apples and pears, apples and pears. Good boy, see you later. God, that's all. Why is he scouse? No. <laughs> oh, I, I was going for a while. I'll do it. What? See you later. <laughs> don't forget to tune in next week and we'll have Cormac Higgins who uh, made it to top 16 I believe um, we'll chat yep. some more about Dexcom uh, yeah. and that's an accent you, you can do Rich bye <laughs> <laughs> bye bye, bye.